0: of the table.
1: everybody to rick six we're joined here by gledhill no pressing today unfortunately but i mean i guess it's going to work out because gledhill and i need to go through this uh first round mock draft we'll we'll focus really on the top 10 to 15 picks and then we'll kind of just roll from there you know sooner or later once we get through like the mid first round it's just going to be kind of like guess after that right like you don't really know who's gonna where everybody's gonna go so we'll really focus in on those top prospects uh talk about some of the possible trades that could happen gledhill was mentioning that He has no trades in his mock draft. I only have one. Nonetheless, Gledhill, it's been a couple weeks, a couple months since we've we've had you on here. We haven't really been able to talk football recently, but crazy free agency, lots of stuff going on. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, that trade with the Jets just went through. So what's kind of going through your mind as we head through the draft here in the next two days?
0: Yeah, the Rodgers trade, obviously, I mean, we kind of expected it to happen, but there was always a a little bit of like, ah, it's the Jets, and you never know with Aaron Rodgers, and... But, of course, it's going down draft week, and, and this is just like it's a streak for Aaron Rodgers. He's always making headlines the week of the draft. I guess he always just wants to be the center of attention, wants to be a talking point for as long as possible. And he accomplished it again this offseason. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's been probably the story of the whole NFL offseason. Um, if you were to rank, you know, top storylines, he's he's got to be at the top there. Yeah, and then. As for the draft, man, I, I feel like there's been in recent years, and I, I don't know if this is I think some of it might be like the Josh Allen factor of of these kind of project quarterbacks with a lot of tools, maybe being a little overvalued in a way. And now I'm no, I'm no expert, you know, at all, obviously, but I don't know. Like I just think about, you know, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and I'm just I guess we'll get into it in a little bit, but I, I, I think the common theme this year is we got, you know, kind of four top quarterbacks and I guess you could, you know, you know Hendon Hooker will probably, you know, go late first round. We'll have to see here, but, you know, and they're all kind of, all, ha- all kind of have some flaws. There's really no sure thing. So it's going to be really interesting, you know, where they go the, you know, it's not like a few years ago where it's like, everybody knew Joe Burrow was going number one overall, or Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall, or you know this this kind of has like a little bit of 2018 to it where you have all these top prospects and you just have no idea till the day of the draft where any of these guys are going we think it's going to be Bryce Young number one overall now but who knows I mean like stories are kind of coming all over the place it could be CJ Stroud I mean heck you trade all those picks to get to number one it could be a guy like Anthony Richardson you know he could take a swing for the fences Frank Reich you know as we know you know can develop quarterbacks um I feel like that's maybe the big theme here is, you know, are we overvaluing quarterbacks coming out of college a little bit? You know, one or two of these guys might pop, but law of averages, you have four quarterbacks go in the top 10, maybe even top five. Two of them aren't going to work. Like, that's just kind of how yeah. it's worked. And it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I, I, that's kind of the big theme for me.
1: Yeah, dude, it's crazy, bro. Like, first of all, I just want to say I have no idea what's going to happen. I feel like this is one of the more unpredictable drafts we've had. And and it's really kind of banking on what the Panthers and the Texans are going to do, right? Those first two picks are going to decide a lot how this draft goes. You look at the Panthers, it seemed like a month ago they were looking at Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud, right? Like, they didn't want to have anything to do with Bryce Young. But then they saw Bryce Young's pro day and they were blown away. And then it was like, okay, well, forget Anthony Richardson, forget CJ Stroud we're going to take Bryce Young and this is probably the best quarterback prospect we got, right? But then like the, the past week or so it's all been about Will Levis, this, Will Levis that. And I was looking at the odds based on DraftKings, Will Levis was a plus 4,000 to go number 1 overall uh earlier this morning. An hour yeah. later, within an hour he was plus 400. Did you Second know that?
0: Behind Bryce?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Second best odds behind Bryce and also, about three days ago, I sent y'all that picture from DraftKings in the group chat with Preston, and it had Will Levis being the minus one or plus 150 to go number two overall.
0: Now, all four quarterbacks have kind of had their share at being like the favorite or the guy or like, you right. Talked to, you know, like Will Levis kind of, I feel like for the last couple of months, he's kind of been the clear fourth. You know, the top, you know, everyone's like, okay, Bryce is going to, you know, Bryce is a lock for top three stroud everybody's saying he's going to go number one overall richardson he's kind of the big swing in, swing for the fences that's going to go you know top three or four and then levis was kind of like yeah hey, he'll probably be people are saying raiders you know kind of late top 10 maybe, yeah. maybe a tight whoop in there or something um but now it's like he's right up there with so it just adds kind of fuel to the fire going into into the week you know it's 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 nuts
1: <laughs> yeah and honestly like i'll talk about these prospects how i feel i all I know is that I think, you know, whatever the Texans and, and Panthers do is really going to decide a lot because I'm thinking Panthers go Bryce Young, right? Like that's the obvious pick. So if, if Panthers go Bryce Young, I don't think the Texans are going to get CJ Stroud. I'm just going to say that's my opinion right there. I don't think the Texans value CJ Stroud as much as they valued Bryce Young. And I I do believe that they think the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young so if the Panthers don't take Bryce Young, then I think Texans are like, okay, boom, right there, we're getting Bryce Young right away. But I also could see a scenario where the Texans, they're not going to be able to get Bryce Young because they know Panthers are going to get Bryce Young. So they're going to be like, okay, well, we're either going to take the best defensive prospect available, which will be Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, or we're going to trade back and get better draft capital, right? Because we still have the the number 12 overall pick. So we, we still have some of those draft picks and D'Amico Ryans is a defensive guy and you know, you you're just kind of looking at, you know, what they can get at at that position. So I think the Panthers and the Texans are really going to decide a lot. I would be very surprised if Will Levis goes in the top two. I know I'm seeing all these odds, but it's kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it type of situation. So I'm not, I'm not going to trust anything I hear there. I think Will Levis, I think it's, you know, crazy that he's even like mentioned in the top five. I probably have him like as a mid first round pick, if anything, I'm thinking like top 10, top 15, and you'll see where I have him on my mock draft. But it's man, it's looking like he's going to go pretty early. And, and I guess we'll see what teams reach on him. You know, I, I've been hearing a lot of the Indianapolis Colts at number four. Uh, I've also heard, you know, Seattle Seahawks, heard Titans or Vikings possibly trading up. All I got to say is if I'm like, you know, one of these general managers, if you don't absolutely need a QB, like if I'm looking at like Seattle, and I'm looking at Minnesota like right, like those guys will need QBs in about two years or so because Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins, they're not gonna last much longer. And you need a guy to develop under there. Okay, well, I would wait a second on Will Levis. I would wait a second on a Hendon Hooker, right? Like you don't need to trade up or or reach on these guys. Like those guys will be there when it's available. So if I'm one of those teams, I don't I don't trade up and get Will Levis. I don't trade up and get Hendon Hooker. I don't trade up to get Anthony Richardson. I wait and I try to get a guy in the mid late first rounds if I can and see if it developed because at the end of the day, you still have your quarterback. So, uh, Gladho, you got anything else to add? Because if not, I'm ready to get on into this. No, I'm ready to go. Okay. So here we go. How do, how do we want to do this? You know what, but I'm going to have you start us off tonight. So we got the Carolina Panthers. They are picking number one overall and you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, hell, even Will Levis, Will Anderson, you know, there's a lot of things that the Panthers could do, but it's it seemed like Frank Wright's going to get his franchise quarterback. So what do you think Panthers do right here?
0: Yeah, big swing to get up to number one overall. I I don't think any of these guys are elite of the elite prospects. Like 10 out of 10, sure thing. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck, like for sure going to work. I think these guys, you know, all these guys are going to need help around him. Having said that, I think the most elite prospect in this draft is Bryce Young. and. I don't want to say it's not even close. I think I said that to you in Preston maybe a few months ago that I don't think it's even close. Bryce Young's the guy. Um I think you can make a case for for Stroud here. And even, you know, the tools that Anthony Richardson has. And I, I'm here, and he's he's a pretty he has some pretty elite character too, from from everything that I'm hearing. I think Bryce Young is just an elite person. And I don't think he was really aided by all this elite talent in Alabama. I feel like he kind of elevated the players around him this past year. The guy is incredibly smart. I think Frank Wright's gonna love to work with him. And I am I'm, I'm really happy that the Panthers have arrived or have seemingly arrived on Bryce Young as as the top quarterback. And I think he deserves to go number one overall. I think that's what's gonna happen. And and that's if I were the Panthers, I'd go that direction as well.
1: Yeah. I agree with you. I got I got the Panthers taking Bryce Young right here. You know, a couple, like I said, about a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I would have said Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud. And uh, I guess as Bryce Young, you know, before I talk about him as a prospect, you know, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the offseason additions as the Panthers, because they got really busy. You know, they hired Frank Wright as their new head coach. They also hired 19 coaches for Wright's staff. They were on pace to have the largest staff in the NFL, which is bound to set up them to draft their franchise QB. Uh, So they got a guy like Thomas Brown as their offensive coordinator, who was the running back coach for the Rams in 2020 and the assistant coach in 2021, they get, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to try to say it slow. And Jairo Avero, uh, defense coordinator for the Broncos in 2022. And of course, the Broncos had a really good defense. They finished 12th in pass defense, 10th in rushing defense, seventh in total defense. And their problem was their offense and Russell Wilson and, of course, Nathaniel Hackett. But their defense was one of the best in the league. So you got to give them credit, got to give Avero some credit. And he's coming into a situation. Uh, which I think the Panthers have some really good young defensive guys. You know, a Shaq Thompson, a Jeremy Chen, you know, a, a JC Horn. They got they got a really good young defensive core. So he's looking to build on that. And then, of course, uh, Jim Caldwell is their senior assistant. So how how do you feel about the Panthers coaching staff making these moves? Of course, they also get, you know, some offseason acquisitions like Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. They get a veteran in Andy Dalton. They pick up Eric Rowe, Von Bell. I mean, look, the Panthers had a pretty good offseason.
0: Yeah, I would say so. And and this is a division that, you know, it's not like they're competing with the Chiefs or, you know, the Eagles, their division's pretty weak. And I think, you know, you get a good quarterback in there who's ready to go day one, which I certainly think Bryce Young is. He's going to be the starter there day one and and have a guy like Andy Dalton behind him who's been to the playoffs before, who's had a you know pretty solid career himself, Um, although kind of more of a game manager now, you know, kind of, you know, good backup option uh, for sure. I like the addition of, of Averro and yeah, these pieces you mentioned. Honestly, I didn't even know about the Von Bell addition. I, I knew about uh, Thielen and, and Chark and Sanders, but didn't know they added Von Bell too. And look, it's them. It's, you know, I'm not a huge believer in the Buccaneers right now. I mean, you, you could make an argument for the Saints and Derek Carr. I think they'll be competitive. But this Panthers team, like they're going to be... Maybe an eight nine win team, you know, with with maybe a little bit more upside than the Saints, because they have a little, you know, they're maybe a little bit younger on the defensive side, and yeah, they they got a good good case as any of them to to make the playoffs in year one under you know with Bryce Young as their quarterback.
1: Yeah, and can't can't count out the Falcons. I think what's really holding the Falcons back is obviously their quarterback situation you know, Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's that guy moving forward, but they did get a lot better in the defensive side. You know, they traded for Jeff Okuda. They got uh, Jesse Bates in the safety position. So they, and they got, of course, AJ Terrell. So they, they upgraded a lot on defense. And then of course, if Kyle Pitts is healthy, he's one of the better tight ends in the league. So I think the Falcons would be a dark dark horse in that division. But I I think, you know, the Panthers coming in with Bryce Young and, and all these other Acquisitions, I think they, they they would be the favorites up there with the Saints, and the, the Falcons would be a team you you would kind of I don't know you kind of differ from, and then you you would hope that like oh if they have do have a good season you'd be like oh okay you know
0: so yeah the Falcons just I mean they feel a little irrelevant to me like I feel like we just don't hear much about them uh you, you mentioned the Jesse Bates and Jeff Akuda I remember seeing the Akuta trade I didn't know about the Bates signing
1: um, yeah that's I, a huge one I,
0: I feel like I just don't feel like I ever I'm ever Seeing headlines about the Falcons, like they they just kind of feel like they're on the back burner a little bit. Maybe that's a good thing. You know, it looks like De- you know Desmond Ritter might be, you know, given his opportunity there. And you gotta, you know, maybe trust Arthur Smith there. That yeah, I mean, he, he believes in him. But yeah, I mean, I'm a little little unsure there because um, clearly Bryce Young is a is a much more elite prospect of a quarterback, and Derek Carr has a has a really good resume too. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I also wanted to mention some of the other acquisitions that they got. They they let go of Casey Hayward, uh but they brought in Bud Dupree and then they brought in also Calais Campbell. So they they they're really revamping that defense and and I'd imagine that uh at pick I think they're pick number 8 that they're probably going to go defense right there if they don't take uh or if they don't trade back or something. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe they go Bijan Robinson, who knows, you know? So I guess I guess we'll see what happens with the mock draft. But uh, let me go ahead and talk about Bryce Young real quick as a prospect. Uh, I I agree with all the things you said. I think he has the intangibles to be a really good franchise quarterback. And I think he's coming in, I would say a better situation than maybe the Anthony Richardson would because Anthony Richardson is more of like a, a wild card, more polarizing, more of a, more of a kind of a project type player. And I think Bryce Young is ready to play now. And I feel like he's the ultimate leader, you know, high IQ. He's highly respected by his peers and teammates look at the interviews with Saban and all the other you know players around him like they speak really highly of him and in my opinion Gladhill, I don't know if this is a hot take but I think he might be the best Bama QB prospect I've ever seen because I would argue that there was like you know you had these other guys but you know it was because of the talent around them like you know Jalen Hurts was okay in college Tua was okay in college Mac Jones was okay but in my opinion, like, I think Bryce Young was definitely the most talented out of the bunch. And he also was playing with probably the worst supporting cast out of the bunch, too, right? Like, they lost Jamison Williams, John Mechie, of course, Devontae Smith a couple years ago, Jalen Waddle. Like, overall, their talent has just gotten worse. And looking at what Bryce Young had to deal with this year, I, I just feel like he really elevated this team.
0: I just want to add, like, I think part of it, if you think of him in Alabama. It's like, okay, Alabama's cream of the crop in terms of college programs. I don't think they really have been lately though. Like they're not this is not, you know, maybe the Alabama of the early 2010s where they just there's so much, you know, they have so much more talent than the LSUs and the Georgias and you know, even AM recruits at a really high level. Um the SEC is way more competitive now than it was, you know, even five years ago. Right. And he's playing against, you know, five-star defensive backs, five-star linebackers, you know, littered all over the place on teams like LSU, against teams like LSU and Georgia. So I think he's had the competition there around him.
1: Yeah, and and one thing that I, I also like about him is he he doesn't really turn the ball over. I think he only had seven interceptions total at his whole career in Alabama. Uh, and he won the Heisman in 2021. So, you know, good accuracy, good vision. Uh, I think, you know, obviously one of the biggest weaknesses and question marks for him is this frame? I mean, he's a small guy. He's 5'10", 204 pounds. But I mean, they said he could be possibly closer to like 180, one, you know, 190, uh, which is a really small guy. know, that's smaller than guys like Drew Brees, you know, Kyler Murray. Uh, and those are those are small guys. And if I'm looking like at a really good quarterback comparison, I would say he, he kind of reminds me of like a Russell Wilson, that type of quarterback coming in. Now I I do think he lacks arm strength. I think it's good, but it's not great. He has a really good zip to the ball when I watch him play, but it's not like elite like you know like downfield presence. Uh, and then also he he had that shoulder injury, so that could scare some teams coming in, right? Like is Bryce Young you know his shoulder could he have some problems going down down the stretch? But overall, I think I think he's the right guy, and I'm gonna go number one here. So. Yeah, I know we kind of talked a lot about that first pick, but, you know, these first few picks, we definitely got to talk about it because, you know, this is really what's going to shape up the draft. So Gledhill and I agree here. I have a feeling that number two might be a little bit different, Uh, but I'm going to go right here. Gledhill, it's my turn. I got the Texans right here, and obviously the Texans are picking. So the bus around the league is that the Texans, like I said, they're really not going to draft a QB at two. I really hope it's not Will Levis. I will lose my mind if it is. Uh, So that leaves, you know, maybe taking a guy like CJ Stroud. But at this point, I think it's better that they're either going to trade back at this point or they take a defensive stud. And that's going to be between Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson. And it's a coin flip type pick. I think you could argue for both. I think Will Anderson definitely has the better college resume and that, that speaks for itself. But Tyree Wilson, I think, arguably has the biggest upside from any defensive player in this draft. And I'm going to say that the Texans take a gamble here. And I don't really think it's much of a gamble, but I think they, they go Tyree Wilson here. I feel like this is a perfect guy to fit D'Amico Ryan's system. And this dudes he's built in a lab, man. 6'6", 275, great acceleration, got pure speed, long arms, high motor, very versatile. I think one of his biggest weakness is he is a big body, so he often gets his weight underneath him, and it could cause him to miss reads and tackles, you know, watching some of the film. So he could be a work in progress, but I think he's going to be a good player coming in. So I got the Texans reaching and taking Tyree Wilson. Who do you got?
0: Yeah, so... I'm gonna say this. I don't have any trades in my mock draft, so I would say the number one option for the Texans here. You're just playing the value game. I don't think. Okay, if there's a Nick Bosa or a Miles Garrett or or that like elite, I don't want to say can't miss. Nobody's really a can't miss, but nearly can't miss. Just elite pass rush talent. You got to then you take them, and and that would make a lot of sense. Even if you know you have uncertainty at the quarterback position, you got to have a pass rush. Um And I, you know, I, I love Will Anderson. I, I think Tyree Wilson has, has all the upside, but I don't think any of those guys are, are, you know, of the same value of a Nick Bosa or a Miles Garrett. So I think it would be in the Texans best interest to trade back and not even trade back far. Right. Like you can negotiate something maybe with the Colts if they want a quarterback or maybe, I mean, I doubt the Seahawks would trade up, you know, for a quarterback. Um, it doesn't feel like they're desperate right now to do that. Um, but maybe the Colts, like that, you know, they've been rotating quarterbacks in and out the last four or five years. Like, maybe they get desperate, they want to trade up. But if I'm the Texans, I would try, you know, I would try to work out a deal to get up, you know, get out, you know, maybe three or four spots back, and then you can still take a guy like Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. One of the two will likely still be available at pick number five or, or six or wherever uh, they trade back to. Um, not to mention, you're get you have the pit, you know, you have the twelfth pick. So if Will Levis slips to 12, which is possible, or Anthony Richardson slips to 12, which is also possible, I think it's good value to select one of them there. But I think in number two overall, you're playing the value game. You want to trade back. However, in my mock draft with no trades, um, I think the best option here, if you don't trade back, I think think you take Will Anderson. Although I could see, like, if D'Amico Ryans, who clearly he's an elite defensive coach, uh, and I, I think he's going to be an elite head coach as well. If he sees all this potential in Tyree Wilson, and they've obviously done all their background stuff on the character and and everything like that, that that teams do, at, you know, at the top of the draft, uh, if they fall in love with Tyree Wilson, I mean, I I get it. I think you go Tyree Wilson, absolutely. I'm just going what I think. I love Will Anderson. I think he's he's going to be a really solid player in the league. I don't want to say low floor. There's really no, no low four players, but I think he's going to be pretty good. And I have the Texans taking Will Anderson here, number two overall. So,
1: Yeah, no, I, I like it. I, I think they could definitely trade, and I, I think that would be a good decision for them, especially trying to get draft capital for that team. And I think, like I said, they love Bryce Young, and I I, I think he's not going to be there. So, you know, if you don't like C.J. Stroud, then trade back. So I think that's a good decision. And like I said, Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, too. Like, I mean, you can't really go wrong with either, right? So, yep.
0: I think D'Amico too. Like he's in no rush to get a quarter unless he knows. Like, right? Okay, C. J. He's the man. He's going to be my quarterback, or or Will Levis or Anthony. I mean, whatever. You know, I know they've you know they've done their due diligence and all that. But D'Amico is going to have four or five years to turn this thing around. I mean, the Texans, you know, going from David Coley to Lovie Smith, like they can't. D'Amico is going to get some time here and you want to get a sweet player at number two overall. And I think you have that opportunity. Why take a quarterback if you don't know for sure, or you don't have like a really good idea. Yeah. This, this is that guy. So I mean, that's the last point there, but
1: yeah. And you, you can also make the argument too. Like if you're a young team rebuilding, which is what the Texans are doing, do you really want to draft a quarterback in a bad situation like that? Like, I feel like you need to address some of the other needs first before you get your franchise quarterback. And that could take another year or so, but we'll see what happens, man. I'm excited. Glenn Hill, it's your turn again. Cardinals right here. Cardinals are a mess, bro. You know, obviously from Kyler Murray tearing his ACL from Buddha Baker requesting a trade last week from D hop on his way out as well. You know, this team just, just is a mess, right? They got Cliff Kingsbury out of town you know, got a new head coach coming in and it just feels like this team is very directionless uh, moving forward. So, you know, it, it's really kind of hard to see who they're going to take here. You know, this could be a point where if the Texans do trade back and, you know, maybe someone takes, you know, co- you know trades up and gets a quarterback, uh, maybe the Cardinals, this leaves Will Anderson to fall in their hands right here. Uh, you know, there's other prospects like Jalen Carter too. Uh, so what, what do you think the Cardinals are thinking here?
0: Oh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I like the word directionless. Um bring in Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator from the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, this 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 team is a total just wild card right now. At number three. It's interesting because because there was some thought of like, okay, could the Colts trade up one spot to guarantee they'll get one of the top three quarterbacks? But now, like there's rumors, okay, Richardson's slipping, Levis, you know, might be slipping, or Levis could be taking or you know, Stroud could be slipping. I don't unless there's a you know, a couple trades going on here. I I don't think, I don't think four quarterbacks are going to be taken with the first four picks. Yeah, I just think the odds of that. I mean, there would have to be two trades most likely. The Texans would probably have to move out of two. Cardinals would for sure have to move out of three. They're not taking a quarterback this year. So, and mean, the Colts we all think they're going to take a quarterback. So, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna, I'm going to assume here they don't trade the pick. If I were them, I think they just need. They just need a hall of talent, I think. If they get a good deal, like I think, I think the Titans at uh, I think it's um, what are they at eleven? I think they're they're really interesting. Like they kind of feel a little bit directionless too in a way. But Vrabel's a great coach, and I could see him getting aggressive. He he it kind of feels that like he calls the shots there. I if if they get up to two or three, I think that could be really interesting. You know, they could take one of these these top quarterbacks that they believe in, um, especially if Stroud, you know, maybe starts to slip a little bit. They can trade up just a few spots. Maybe not get all the way up to three, but I think here at number three, I think the Cardinals, I just think they go Jalen Carter. I think they, again, the off the field stuff, that's obviously a concern. Mm-hmm. Look at all the pro bowlers in the league. A lot of them are really high level guys too. Aaron Donald, high level guy, Bobby Wagner, high level guy. You know, JJ Watt for such a, you know, super high level guy, like, you know, so it's okay. Can Jalen Carter be, you know, that top guy in the league if he's not a high level guy? I don't know, but I think the Cardinals kind of roll the dice just on the talent. He got it done at Georgia. I think the Cardinals go Jalen Carter here. And I don't know if it's a great pick, but again, if I were them, I'd trade it, but I'm assuming they don't trade it. So Cardinals take Carter.
1: I like it. Yeah, I like it. I could definitely see it happening. Uh, Okay, here we go, Gledhill trade alert. I got my first and only trade of the draft. More trades could happen. Hell, no trades could happen at all. I mean, last year I had one of my trades I had last year. I had the uh I had the Eagles trading up to get Jameson Williams, you know, so and this was before the AJ Brown trade happened on draft night, right? So like anything can happen. There's a lot of crazy things that could happen. So this is just all for fun. So I have the Cardinals trading back to number seven and at number seven is the Raiders. So the Raiders will jump to three and you know where I'm going right here. The Raiders are going to take their franchise quarterback. They're going to take CJ Stroud at number three. That's my, that's my prediction. Uh, Look, there's a lot of teams that could get CJ Stroud. You know, I've been hearing a lot of Tennessee Titans recently. I've been hearing a lot of Indianapolis Colts at four, but the Raiders man, you know, knowing that possibility that these other teams are going to want to take a quarterback and, how funny would it be The Indianapolis think they're going to get their guy and CJ Stroud at number four, and then boom, Raiders go up there and trade number three, and they take Stroud. That would really kind of buzz the draft up a little bit, you know?
0: It's interesting with him because he feels like there's some places he would go. Like if he were, to, you know, Panthers, maybe if, if they were to take him number one right. overall, or maybe the Titans even, like he could be the day one starter. But with the Raiders, I feel like that wouldn't be the case. He'd just be kind of waiting behind Garoppolo. But Garoppolo, we know he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he'd be ready to go. Like you don't you wouldn't have to force you trade up and get Richardson. You're risking Garoppolo gets hurt six weeks in, and you gotta toss this guy out there that maybe he isn't you know fully refined yet. So I I like it because Stroud, you know, has that high end potential, but he's also, you know, he's a little bit more ready to go right now.
1: So yeah. And that's you know, that was another reason why the Raiders were on were on my radar, too, to be a team to trade up. So let's start with CJ Stroud as a prospect real quick. So he could be better than Bryce Young. I think I like him a little bit better as a prospect. You know, after watching that CFP semi against Georgia, seeing some of the throws he made, it just kind of seems like he, he can come in and be a day one starter from the get-go, right? Like, I feel like he passed all the tests, made all the necessary throws in that game, showed his durability. And it's kind of crazy because I've never been blown away by... Ohio State QB prospects, you know, you look at the Justin Fields, the Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, the Cardell Jones, right? Like I was never high on those guys coming in. And I'm glad Justin Fields has kind of proven me wrong, but he still has a lot to develop as a passer. Uh, But with Stroud, it, it feels different. He feels different than all those other guys, because I feel like I, I can't question the throws he makes. I think CJ Stroud really has I think he makes the best type of NFL throws right away, if that makes sense. You know, based on some of the throws he made in that, you know, that CFP semi, I was like, man, like those are those are pro type throws right there um, against the best defense in the country too. Uh, and what separates him from Bryce Young for me, I think as a prospect moving forward is he's has the size, right? He's 6'3", 218. He has great ball placement. He has better accuracy than Bryce Young. Has great mechanics. He played with first round talent. You know, the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Olave. He has great mobility. And I see him most likely being a pocket passer because when he scrambles out, you know, I mean, he can make some plays downfield, but he tends to get a little overzealous when he gets out of the pocket a little bit. So I think he's going to be more of a pure pocket passer in the NFL, you know, so he'll have to work on his pocket presence. And what's better about Bryce Young than C.J. Stroud is Bryce Young has a lot better vision downfield and awareness, and C.J. Stroud can get a little careless with the football he tends to fumble in, in big situations. So I think he needs to develop his ability to move around, you know, see defenders with his eyes. And I, I, th- I feel like Bryce young is a lot more developed right now than that. But the other things like accuracy um, and, and, and I think overall upside, I'm going to give it to Stroud. I guess we'll just have to see how, how, how that works out. But you say why Las Vegas, right? I mentioned like you mentioned Jimmy G I mentioned that, you know, Las Vegas could be a team that need, that could get a quarterback, but I, I just feel like it makes a lot of sense because, the signing of Jimmy G in free agency, it just felt like an insurance, right? Like it didn't feel like they were going to sign Jimmy G to be like their next franchise quarterback. And Jimmy G a ticking time bomb anyways, God, right? Like he wins. Yeah. And that's one thing about him in the NFL. That's really special is that he's a winner, right? But he was also with the 49ers also under Shanahan and. You know, they gave him a one to two year team friendly deal. They didn't pay him a lot of money. I think you bring a guy like CJ Stroud in, you put, you give him a QB competition. You put all that pressure on Jimmy G who knows, maybe he beats Jimmy G for the starting job. Maybe Jimmy G gets hurt. Like you said, and we see CJ Stroud, you know, later in the season, or, you know, maybe he just develops another year and Jimmy G is the starter for, for a year or two. So I don't know, but I think having that quarterback competition with a young QB for Jimmy G for a quarterback that's not getting paid a lot of money, I like this pick. So I'm I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the, the Raiders get their future franchise quarterback and CJ Stroud here. And, you know, after not being able to get Tom Brady, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson the past three years, uh, I think they're going to go ahead and draft their guy. So, so moving on to number four, here we go. So the Indianapolis Colts, I'll go ahead and get this one out of the way. But hell, I'm going to say that the Colts, even though the Raiders traded up, And got CJ Stroud. This is where the Colts get Anthony Richardson. Look, the most polarizing prospect, no doubt about it, right? Like he's he's the biggest wild card. (laughs) This is either going to be really good or really bad. I don't know how good he's gonna be. I think when it comes to pure just physicality in a quarterback, I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback like this, right? Like I, I even think like this is like crazier than Lamar Jackson, the Michael Vicks, the Cam Newtons, right? Like I feel like This dude's just a freak, man. Like, he broke all the records in the combine. He has crazy potential if he can develop. But the problem is, is there's going to be a team that likely takes a gamble on him. And yes, it might be worth it, but, you know, I feel like he's just such a project-type quarterback that I I feel like he would benefit from, and I told you this a couple months ago, I feel like he would benefit from falling, getting drafted by a better team, and sitting for a couple years, right? Like, I don't feel like he should come in and be having the pressure to be a day one type of starter. I just don't yeah, feel like...
0: where I have him going, so...
1: <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah, you'll see where I have him going. I okay. Think, I think it's a good situation.
1: Okay, well, then you're hoping that he gets in a good situation. I'm hoping that, too. Uh, unfortunately, he would be in Indianapolis, uh, and I, I don't think that's a really good situation. Like, I feel like Jim Ursay has done a, a pretty terrible job over the past few years. You know, the whole Jeff Saturday situation was just kind of a mess, and... I think Anthony Richardson is going to come into a weird situation. I I really think it's going to take him a lot of time. I I think he's going to struggle early on. You know, one thing about him, you know, no matter what, you're automatically going to see an upgrade in your team if you get him in the running game because he can just, you know, he can take off and he's so quick. He's so fast. He can break tackles. He gets the ball out quick, uh, but his accuracy is pretty bad and he has really bad footwork. His mechanics are weird. You know, a lot of people like to compare this to like a Josh Allen thing, but I you know, it took Josh Allen time. And I feel like Anthony Richardson, it's it's likely gonna take some time. So I, I feel like it could definitely be worth the gamble, but I, I think a team is just gonna get him too early. And I think the Colts are gonna get him a little early here. So that's what I got. Who do you got? Number four, the Colts taken.
0: Yeah, man. The Colts, if Anthony Richardson goes here, in in, in a sense, I like this I like the swing for the fences, but I also I think they drafted a guy who's ready to go day one. And I don't think Andy Richardson's going to be a day one guy, you know, may, maybe, maybe that's what, um, what Steichen and them see MC in him, um, through their evaluations. But I think if Stroud's available at four, I think they got to go CJ Stroud. And I think that's what they're going to do. Um, that'd be, Stroud, that'd be
1: the smartest pick there. If he's still there, you take him.
0: Absolutely. And I guess I, I know you have him going, you know, going earlier, but, um, Raiders trading up, but, I think I'll disagree with you on if the Raiders were to trade up. I think they'd go for. I think I just think it'd be totally on Raiders brand to trade up for a, a boomer bust guy like a Will Levis or a, an Anthony Richardson. Like it, it just feels like something the Raiders would do. Um, like you know in the in the late two thousands, they went for all the speed guys. You know Darius Hayward, Bay, and all these other guys that you know didn't really have much. It would be on Raiders brand to go for you know swing for the fences. You know, (laughs) I don't know McDaniel's. That's that's a weird situation there. I don't know. I don't know if that one's gonna work out. But I I think Stroud. I think going back to that Stroud and 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 Garoppolo. I think would be a good combo because Garoppolo is just a cool guy. Like if Stroud beats him out, like Garoppolo's. He doesn't. I mean, (laughs) he's just he's a cool guy. Like he's not gonna be all you know insecure about it or anything or you know. But I think um, I I think Stroud's gonna fall here to four, and I think the Colts are gonna take him, and I think that's a smart move here. I think he'll be ready to go day one. Steichen gets his guy. You got to address that O line a little bit, and I mean the receiving core. I don't know. I mean Michael Pittman maybe a little overrated. I'm not really sure there. Um, Yeah, I mean this this offense needs some work, but I I think you hire a high hired a high level. Coach and Shane Steichen and, and uh, I listened to a little bit of his like intro meeting with the team. I, I, I like the presence he had, and I, I think he's the right man for this team right now. So getting Stroud in there, I think it's it's a it's a move in the right direction for them.
1: Yeah, you know Shane Steichen. I feel like Anthony Richardson is might be a guy that he likes too. You know because you know he worked with Jalen Hurts and Anthony Richardson could be a Jalen Hurts type player, right? A guy that likes scrambling. Uh, you know the RPOs, the short type of stuff. Uh, so uh, obviously Jalen Hurts is you know way way better of a you know player now, but than he was coming in. But you know I could see a situation like that. But we'll see what happens. I think if C.J. Stroud falls to them, absolutely you take them. So
0: like Hurts, I don't think there's really because the reason Hurts got that contract with you know whatever fifty million something a year with all that all that guaranteed money. Part of it's, I mean, obviously he played really well last year, but it's really only one year of high performance there. I mean, the Eagles are betting on the person. Um, Is Anthony Richardson, you know, have have the same, you know, high character as Jalen Hurts? Maybe he he might have that, but I think Jalen Hurts is, is rare. And it's hard to find guys like him, I think. So maybe though.
1: Yeah. For a maturity standpoint, you don't really find guys like Jalen Hurts, right? Like he just, yeah, he, he's he's different breed in that in that aspect. Uh, Glenn, I want to ask you real quick: if the Colts are here, right, and you got CJ Stroud, because you know there's rumors about CJ Stroud possibly falling, what what's your reaction? What is your reaction going to be if instead of taking Stroud, they take Will Levis at number four?
0: I mean, I I would be a little shocked, but at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> Shane Steichen's a football, you know, he's a he's a head coach in the NFL, and I'm obviously not so you know I, <laughs> they know they must know things that I don't obviously I you know I'm not doing all these evaluations that they're doing so I think I would I would just be like yeah you know it, it seems strange you know eating the banana peel and what else He puts mayo in his coffee and just kind of a strange you know I call Colin Coward's take on the you know <laughs> the, he was bashing him for showing off his abs and he's like you know quarterbacks aren't built like bodybuilders and (laughs) and (laughs) which is the most Colin Coward take ever um yeah I think I think that would maybe that would get some you know a little bit of negative press but who knows I mean I I don't think anybody five years ago thought Josh Allen would be the player he is today um and You know, I think a lot of a lot of people were higher on Josh Rosen, maybe like, oh, he's look how ready he is to play in the league. And then turned out he wasn't so ready. So
1: I'll never forget 2018 when the the Bills drafted Josh Allen and all the fans were pissed because they thought they said Josh Rosen, but it was the wrong Josh. They was like, hey, you drafted the wrong Josh. Well, turns out they drafted the right Josh. (laughs) So number five, Glenho, it's your turn. The Seattle Seahawks are in a good position right here having a good season uh last yeah. year, making the playoffs with Geno Smith. So they need to go defense, uh, but they could also try to get their quarterback of the future. And you looks like you still have Anthony Richardson on the board. If I had to make a d- prediction, I think you think Anthony Richardson goes here to Seattle at number five. That's my prediction.
0: Yeah. So th- this is this is interesting right here because the Seahawks can do a lot of things with this pick. You know, there's a there's a quarterback needy team. I mean, you go back, I, I don't know. I mean, again, the Titans can kind of get better value trading up to five and they, they'd have to give up, you know, more trading up to three or two. So maybe they they get better value trading up to five. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe the, I mean, I think the commanders are kind of riding it out with Sam Howell for now, but maybe they see, oh yeah, Anthony Richardson, you know, it's falling to five. We're going to trade up to five. Um, and you know, maybe they don't have to give up a ton to get up there. So there's a lot of directions the Seahawks could go. Um, I think people are talking maybe, maybe Christian Gonzalez here. Even's back on Oregon, and a lot of people are high on him. I'm I'm gonna say they get their quarterback of the future, Anthony Richardson, and I think, I think this is the most ideal situation for Anthony Richardson. I, I would much rather see him go here than like the Titans or the or the Colts or. Oh, yeah. Or te- Texans, I mean, this is Texans, I think, have a good future with D'Amico, but I think, you know, you sit behind Geno Smith, which he is the perfect bridge quarterback, played really well last year, you know, earned every bit of that contract that he signed. Um, great story, too. Geno's a guy that you can look up to as okay, even if you don't succeed your first few years in the league, you can still just keep getting better every single year, keep learning behind the guys you're, you know, you play whatever organization you're a part of. You can keep learning, keep developing. And then finally, when, when you're ready and you get that opportunity, you can still play well and, and um, you know, be a leader of a team and make a lot of money. So J.L. Smith is going to be the great, you know, he can, can start for two more years, you know, under Pete Carroll. And Anthony Richardson can sit and learn. The Seahawks have a really good culture. Pete, even though he's aging, he's still just – everybody always raves about his energy and, and you know, how much he kind of relates to young players. I don't know if the Seahawks are interested in, in taking a quarterback. I don't know, you know what their evaluation is on a guy like Anthony Richardson or even, you know, Will Levis is still available too. So who knows, but yeah, let's go both. Let's say the Seahawks are high on Anthony Richardson and and they see him as the next guy after Geno and, and Geno's been in this league for long enough. He, he wouldn't take it personally. He wouldn't be, you know, I don't think he would have a negative attitude about that. I think, I think Gino would be, you know, be the leader he's been and and, and mentor him and, and just help coach him up and, and get him ready for his time, you know, because Gino's kind of getting older too. So yeah, why not? I think the Seahawks get a little aggressive here.
1: I promise I did not look at Gledhill's mock draft before. That was a lucky guess. I just kind of felt like you were you were going in that direction here. Uh, so I, I, I really do respect it. I have Seattle here um, and Gledhill, based on how my mock draft is going, I already have Three quarterbacks being taken, right? So I had Bryce Young, I had C.J. Stroud, and I had Anthony Richardson. Uh, so I think Seahawks go defense here. They, they they try to replicate the losses on the defensive line, uh, and they get Will Anderson, who's the next best available defensive uh, prospect right here. And look, like I said, Anderson's resume speaks for itself. For the past three years in college football, pressures, QB hits, sacks, tackles for loss, all led by him. And he's a 2020 national champion with Bama. He's a two-time SEC defensive player of the year, a three-time All-SEC, and two-time unanimous All-American. This guy, I mean, really had a phenomenal college career at Bama. Uh, You know, very polarizing. And Seattle was top 10 in sacks last year, but they ranked in the bottom half of the league in both pressure and hurry rate. So I think they can get a pass rusher like Will Anderson you can kind of move him around on the edge a little bit you know have him at the defensive line and I've been watching a lot of interviews with him and he's a very humble guy very cool I was I was watching some of the interviews on the Keyshawn, J Will and Mac show uh they were asking him about his flaws and like why he thinks he's the best quarterback or the best uh, uh the best overall prospect in the draft and he was you know talking about himself a little bit and course, Stephen A and uh, Molly were interviewing him on first take and they did some fun questions with him. So I recommend checking out some of those interviews with him because uh, he's a very humble guy. You know, of course, talked a little bit about Saban and Bryce Young's and I'm rooting for him. I think I'm I'm really excited to see how he pans out. I've been hearing some reports saying that, you know, maybe he's not an elite prospect, uh, but he's a very good prospect. I could see it. uh, But I think he's the best available guy here. Either him or Tyree Wilson at this point. If Tyree Wilson isn't gone, he's already gone on mine. Uh, but he's very athletic. He's very explosive. He's very lengthy, six four frame, smart, skilled. I mean, I feel like he has all the tools. He checks all the boxes. Uh, the weakness a little bit. I mean, I guess his size. He has the length, but he's not very big. Kind of undersized uh, for the defensive end position. And I feel like he overcompensates against big tackles sometimes. Watching back some of the film. Uh, But I think he he checks all the boxes and he will 100 percent be the best available prospect here at number five if he falls there. So I got the Seahawks uh, revamping that defense. You know, of course, they get Bobby Wagner back in town on a cheap deal uh, back in Seattle. So he'll learn under him and maybe he'll turn into that lead guy for Pete Carroll. So we'll see what happens. Number six, Gledhill, the Detroit Lions are coming up here. It's my pick. I'm actually really confident in this pick right here. I think they're going to take Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois, the cornerback. And I feel like it just makes sense, you know, trading a guy like Jeff Okuda for a fifth round pick. I think they trust golf for now. You know, I've, I've been hearing maybe, you know, the lions take a gamble, try to get a CJ Stroud, like maybe try to get their quarterback. They're not going to do that. I think the lions are kind of like in a, in a win now type scenario. They're building their draft. Uh, They're, you know, they're building their roster and I think they trust Jared Goff. I think, you know, Dan Campbell loves him and they're going to revamp that defense. And I think it starts here with Devon Witherspoon. You could argue Christian Gonzalez. I think a lot of people are saying that Christian Gonzalez is probably the better prospect. I would agree with that. I mean, he's definitely the the flashier prospect, but Witherspoon is a guy that I, I think he he's very feisty, man. He's a, he's a very elite man coverage type cornerback. His weakness is definitely zone coverage. He kind of reminds me of a Trayvon Diggs, like he he tends to be a very ball hawk type cornerback. So he, he definitely can like, you know, overcompensate on those, on those throws and, and, you know, you know, give up some, you know, big plays, but in man coverage, you know, ball skills, like I said, uh, he's very aggressive. He's great against the run. You don't see a lot of quarterbacks. that are great against the run. And he plays a lot bigger than his small frame. Like he's only 180 pounds, but a lot of scouts have been saying he plays like he's two twenty. So you want that Obviously, he needs to work on his tackling, needs to work on the zone coverage. And, you know, maybe he he is a little undersized, so that could, you know, hurt some, you know, people. Maybe he falls a little bit. But I like him as a prospect, uh, and it will be interesting to see what the Lions go here. But I'm confident that they go Witherspoon here at six. So who do you got?
0: Yeah, I'm actually, um, I agree. I think they go corner here. I have Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, who is the, the better prospect. They're both really good prospects. Uh, I, I I just think Dan Campbell is going to fall in love with the speed and uh, the physical traits he has, and um, you know just made a lot of plays of, you know at Oregon last year after transferring from Colorado. And um, I think I, I agree with you. Like Goff is good enough to he, he's earned the right to be their quarterback. Another couple of years, I think he's you know kind of middle of the league, and he's kind of being paid like he's a middle of the league quarterback. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I I, I don't. I've have actually looked and seen you know some people think uh, you know although they might trade up but I just don't think it's worth the the investment at least this year you know I just don't Dan Campbell did say on the Rich Eisen show that it was it was it was on the board you know they were going to look at quarterbacks as they should they should do their due diligence but I think at the end of the day if I had to make my best guess on what Dan Campbell's thinking I think he's thinking okay you know we have C J Gardner Johnson now like our back end's getting better but you know, there, there are still maybe some holes at corner and, and I think Christian Gonzalez can step in and start right away. So they go Gonzalez here. Number six overall.
1: Yeah. They also got, you know, guys like Kirby Joseph, who, I don't know if you guys remember, but Kirby Joseph actually ended up being the, the last guy to pick off Aaron Rodgers in a green Bay Packers uniform in that, in that week, uh, week 18 game. So that was awesome. Unfortunately the lions didn't get into the playoffs, but they eliminated the Packers. And I mean, that's, you know, Lions fans have a lot to be excited for. I think they should be the favorites to win this division. Uh, you could argue the Vikings, but I, I think the Lions are, are ready to make that push. So uh, it starts here with uh, getting their defense. You have Christian Gonzalez, and I have Devon Witherspoon, so we'll see what happens. Uh, can't go wrong with either of them. Number seven here, Gledhill, I had, like, I was, at this point, I would have the Cardinals because I had the Raiders trading back with them, uh, but it is the Raiders pick, and it is your turn. So who do you got the Raiders taking right here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. At at this point, Will Levis is the only quarterback remaining in my mock draft. They could go Will Levis again. I don't know what Josh McDaniels is thinking. Josh McDaniels really good offensive mind. I don't know if he's suited to be a head coach. You know, he he might like. I think a lot of people have kind of come to the consensus on Josh McDaniels. Like he might just be like a great coordinator. Um, Either way, I think he sees offense and quarterbacks quite well. I think they're going to pass on Will Levis here, and I think. Josh McDaniels realizes, okay, we gotta we gotta bolster our back end. So I I think they go Devon Witherspoon here. I think it's good value for the pick. Can I see them trading out here? Probably not. I think they'll probably go go defense here. I uh, you could you could argue maybe you know go pass rush. You could go Van Ness. Um, yeah. Who you know might go you know late top ten uh, early teens. I, I think they'll go Witherspoon. I think he's I think it's good value for the for the spot right now. So
1: yeah i like it okay well i have the cardinals here and at this point the next best available defensive prospect jalen carter and i i feel like even though they trade back to try to get more draft capital because they're a mess and they need all the draft picks they can get they didn't trade back that much so they traded from three to seven and at this point they're still going to get a stud in jalen carter so i think jalen carter will fall to them at this point and uh i think i think this is this is a good pick for them uh one thing about Jalen Carter that I, you know, I saw at Georgia is he's a really talented defensive tackle prospect. Uh very strong, very powerful. He's an elite run stopper. Uh, but of course, Glenho, I'm really glad you brought up the, you know, uh, of course, the drama, right? His stock dropped because of the the reckless driving incident. And of course, like the pro day, he would, you know, he he showed up and it seemed like he was out of gas after a couple reps. And it just seems like there's a lot of questions with his discipline and his laziness and his effort. And look, I, I get it. It can definitely be a risk. So that maybe that's why I have him falling a little bit in this draft to number seven. Uh, but I, I think for sure, he's still a top 10 guy. I've heard maybe Chicago at number nine could get him if he falls a little bit on, on, on the, you know, the, the mock draft for some people, but yeah, I, I just feel like that's the biggest weakness for him is, is the drama, the laziness and the effort, right? Like, is he going to come in and he, is he going to be committed? Uh, and of course, uh, with the Cardinals, it's gonna be a tough situation because they're a mess right now. Uh so I think yeah. they need I think they need all the defensive help they can get, and I guess we'll see what happens. But I, I got Jalen Carter here. So
0: it's interesting. You have you both have Jalen Carter going to the Cardinals. Um just, I just different thoughts. Yeah, I think I think the Cardinals would be foolish for taking Jalen Carter at three personally. Um the talent's all there, but again, I I think you get much better value trading out. Like you just say you're like they're gonna they trade out to seven still get the you know potentially high upside you know high upside high talent prospect and also whatever whatever the else they get as part of the trade to move back so yeah I think Cardinals got to trade that pick and um I, I would like Carter a lot more if he goes to you know again Seattle at five is kind of a wild card team. I I think Jalen Carter and Pete in Pete Carroll's system I think he he'd work, but who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah yeah honestly who knows. And I f- I feel like the Cardinals, like what's most likely going to happen is they'll probably have Will Anderson fall in their lap at three. And I think at that point you take Will Anderson and you don't even have to worry about Jalen Carter. So, uh, but our mock drafts have a little bit different. So we'll see what happens. Number eight, Gladhill moving a little bit faster here. The Falcons are picking right here and it's your turn, isn't it? Yeah. Who do you, who do you got the Falcons going here?
0: Yeah. So again, you could go. I think you're still too early to go receiver here. You know, Peter Skaronsky on the board. He could bolster the offensive line, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people are high on Tyree Wilson and I have him available still at number eight. So I think the Falcons are going to go a little bold here and they're going to take Tyree Wilson, maybe not too bold because he's, you know, I think it's good value to select him at eight, but pass rush has been an, been an issue for this team the last couple of years. And it's something that, that if this team is going to, going to win, and, and Arthur Smith is going to keep his job. Like I think their offense and their run game and maybe Desmond Ritter ends up being a, a pretty solid quarterback. Um, if he's, if he's getting this opportunity, obviously the team has to think highly of him. Um, maybe you address offensive line later in the draft. I think you, you got to go pass rush here. It, it's not too often that you have the, the opportunity to draft a high level, high profile pass rusher and, with Tyree Wilson available at this pick, I think they they swing for it, they take him and you know, maybe there's some risk there. Uh he he really, you know, he kind of took off in his last season at Texas Tech and but I I think I think it's the right move here.
1: Yeah. Falcons ha- have to go defense here. There's no doubt about it. You know, Bijan is obviously like like you'd be a nice one, but, but you you don't want to go running back here. You want to go you want to beef up that defense, <laughs> my opinion. What'd you say?
0: I said it's too early for running back in my yeah, opinion.
1: Yeah, it's, it's too early. Falcons, don't overthink this. Keep rebuilding that defense uh, because the defense has been atrocious. And like you said, the pass rush has been bad. And if Arthur Smith wants to keep his job, you got to keep building that defense. They already had a great defensive free agency. I mentioned all the names. Uh, so why not keep building on it? I actually have them taking Christian Gonzalez here, Gledhill. Uh, You already had him off the board. And I think he was the next best guy available I could see him going before Witherspoon. I have him going a little bit after. And I, I think the argument for Gonzalez being better than Witherspoon, I think it's a good debate, right? Like definitely Gonzalez is, is he's definitely quicker, right? Like his size, strength, and speed is better than Witherspoon. A 4.38, like that's that's crazy fast, right? And you're going to get a guy who, who's going to come in and, and still, you know, he's a big time athlete. He's still growing into the position and uh, I'm excited to see how that how, how he develops. So uh, I like him here at number eight, uh, going to the Falcons. So that's what I got. Number nine, Chicago. This is my turn. Gladho you mentioned his name a little bit ago, and this is where I have the bears taking Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, the defensive end. I think it might be a little bit too early because I don't know how good he's going to be. I, I feel like I would much rather be like certain on like, you know, obviously Tyree Wilson and then, you know, maybe a guy like Nolan Smith. I, I think I would, I, and, and I've been hearing a lot of hype for uh Kalijah. Cansey. I've been hearing, uh, you know, he's going to be the next big thing uh, out of Pittsburgh. And I, I, I would be more certain in guys like that over Lucas Van Ness. I, I think Lucas Van Ness is kind of a gamble. And, but I've been hearing like a lot of rumors about Matt Eberflus, you know, looking for a specific type of guy and, and he kind of feels that, that position. Uh, so, you know, when I was reading into Lucas Van Ness, it, it says like he's, he relies on, you know, small array and pass rush moves tend to get beat by offensive linemen that catch him quickly and counter him. So they said he still needs to develop a little bit. So this could be a reach uh, being in the top 10, you know, just based on the rumors and everything, I think, you know, and there's going to be some unpredictability. I got, I got the bears going Lucas Van Ness here. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. I differ from you here. I, um, I think you got to go offensive line. I think you have your choice of a few prospects here. I think they're going to maybe take a, take a little bit of a swing toward a guy who also maybe needs some more development. I think they're going to go Paris Johnson, uh, the the offensive tackle from Ohio State, like um, it. Yeah, I think I think protecting Justin Fields is, is a big priority for this team. I, I could see Ibrufus, you know, kind of take command here and, and wanting a defensive guy. Um, but I, I think again, Wilson off the board, Anderson off the board, you know, Gonzalez Witherspoon both off the board. I think the best value here, you, you know, gotta, you know, again, if, if one of those guys were to slip, you know, Jalen Carter were to slip, okay, yeah, you know, maybe yeah. maybe. You go with, but I think the Bears, you know, they need a lot of help. And I, I think, given how you know I've laid out this mock draft, I think offensive tackle here is the best move. And I think they go Paris Johnson, so yeah,
1: okay, yeah, no, I could see it happening. I've been hearing Paris Johnson, uh, of course, uh, Peter skorinsky is is probably the best prospect coming in, uh, but I've been hearing a lot of buzz like for guys like Darnell White, Wright. Uh, and Broderick Jones too, which is our, another, you know, there's a lot of big tackle prospects in this draft. So I'm excited to see how they all, how they all end up folding. Uh, but I think, uh, Peter, Ker- uh, Skaronsky is probably the favorite to go out of, out of the office of tackles, but I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, your mock drafts a little different. Number 10, Glenhill, It's your turn. The Philadelphia Eagles. They can do a lot here. You know, I've been hearing Lucas Van Ness. I could hear they beef up the defense a little bit more Lane Johnson getting older, Jason Kelsey getting older, that you know they could probably you know try to you know make that offensive line a little bit bigger. So how are you how are you feeling here with the Eagles? You know they kind of have a win now roster.
0: No, they do. Obviously, just signed Jalen Hurts this offseason. I, I think the off I think the offense offensive line, I think they're probably good there right now. Again, I think you know it's not often that a team that just you know just made the Super Bowls picking you know number ten overall. So yeah an important pick for them. That's a pick they're going to take seriously. And I think I think they'll maybe take a little bit of a, of a risk on a guy that, um you know, was injured at Georgia this past year. I think they're going to take Nolan Smith, who I like a lot. You know, he, he hear great things about his leadership. And um he kind of just feels like he's going to fit right in with that Philadelphia Eagles culture. So let's go Nolan Smith, number 10 overall.
1: Ah, here we go, Gladil. Here we go. <laughs> I hate
0: it. Oh, you don't have a trade. No, 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 I
1: don't have a, I don't have a trade, but uh, here we go, man. I hate it, and I hate that it has come to this, but I feel like this just makes perfect sense. Eagles are in a win-now mode. They have the perfect roster to make this happen, and I don't think, but personally, with injury concerns to Rashad Penny, I don't think they're going to rely on him to be their top back, so I got the uh, Eagles taking Bijan Robinson at number 10 here. There's, hey, yeah. it's been heating up, man. It's been heating up. And yes, is it early for Bijan to go top 10? Absolutely. But yeah. from what I've been hearing, it, the Eagles love him. And he wants to he wants to play with Jalen Hurts. They asked him, you know, what quarterback do you prefer playing with? He said Jalen Hurts. Uh, and of course, there was the rumors about the Eagles taking a swing and getting Derrick Henry. And then those rumors didn't end up being true. So I honestly think that the Eagles are going to try to go all in and get that last, make that offense even that more explosive. I think you get better value with Bijan at a young age in the draft than you would at Derek Henry getting a little bit older. So, uh, and of course, contract situation, you're going to have Bijan on a rookie deal. So look, running backs are replaceable now, and maybe they don't last as long as all the other positions, but I think the Eagles are in a position where they can kind of you know, play with their food a little bit. They're, they're number 10. They just went to the super bowl. They're going to be the clear favorites in this NFC to go back. So I feel like the Eagles are are, are going to take, like they're going to take that guy. And I, I think they're going to take Bijan. I, I don't know. We'll see, man. What do you? Yeah, but we've seen some, you know, like,
0: you know, that's the old adage now. I mean, you don't take a running back too high in the draft. I mean, even, even a prospect as good as Saquon Barkley, you know, in, in 2018, uh, As sweet of a player as he is, I I still don't think that was the best value for the Giants at that time. However, I think, you know, now we're we're, we're number 10. This isn't number two or number three, you know, where there's a lot of sweet players available. I think now, you know, you look at the strengths of your team, you get a running back on a rookie deal who is a really good player, and he's going to fit right in. I mean... You have the threat of Jalen Hurts, what he can do, you know, with both both throwing and running. That that offensive line, the threat of their receivers, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and those and those guys. I think this is the best situation for Bijan Robinson, uh, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, and I think that's a good. I think you made a good case, you know. Yeah, I I think I just I just fell into the don't take a running back this early, uh, but I I think I think this could be good value for them. You know, get them on a rookie deal and. Yeah, because I think if we were hearing earlier in the week Derek Henry, but it, that ended up being kind of a, a rumor. You know, wasn't really going to happen. I think it'd be interesting to see if if Derek Henry does get traded on draft night, like yeah, AJ Brown did last year. Like, work where, where you know can Derek Henry go somewhere? But no, I, I think this is that could potentially be good value for them.
1: Yeah, and and D Hop could be another guy that could get traded on draft night too. You know, you yeah. never know. So okay, number eleven, Tennessee Titans. It's my turn. Leto, here we go. This is number four, number fourth quarterback taken off. Will Levis goes right here, at number eleven to the Tennessee Titans. Okay, uh, I've heard rumors about them trading up, getting CJ Stroud. You know, I heard Trey Lance. I, I, you know, you know, obviously there's that tie there between the new GM of the Titans and then Trey Lance because they were together in the, in, you know, San Francisco. But I, I think Will Levis is at that point. He, we're at, we're at, we're at that point in the draft where he's going to be between the ten and fifteen range, assuming he doesn't go you know, in those early, you know, those early few picks, I think he'll go right around this position. Uh Look, Will Levis, in my opinion, Glenn Hill, I, I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I mean, what the hell do I know? But from what I've seen, he, he's just like, I, I feel like he was very mediocre at Kentucky. And I, I just never been high on him. I feel like this is like a Zach Wilson situation. And I don't want to make that same mistake with Zach Wilson, because I saw the pro day throws and I, I, I just, tried to gaslight myself into thinking that Zach Wilson was going to be good. And then of course, after the first few weeks of the, <laughs> of the season, and then this year I was like, wow, why did I, why did I think that he was going to be good just because of the pro day, you know? So I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I would rather be wrong about this, that Will Levis is going to be good. So you got to show me. And I think the Titans, you know, Ryan Tannehill isn't going to be there much longer. And I I don't feel like they're sold on him uh, being that guy moving forward. So, you know, get Will Levis to come in and make it a QB competition. Maybe they try to trade Tannehill. I don't know, but see what you got in Will Levis. If, if all these teams are so high on him, So looks like Titans are moving quarterback. They could go offensive line. You know, I think this could be a really good time to get Peter Garonsky here. You know, I feel like that would be a better pick than Will Levis, but Hey man, you know, with the rumors and what I've been hearing, I'm, I'm, I think this is a good time. I got Will Levis here.
0: Yeah, I could see it. I almost had that. I was actually coin flipping between Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Peter Skoronski at this pick. And then I thought I was like, "What would Vrabel do?" I think Vrabel would go in lineman. I think Vrabel. I don't think he's gonna make a jump at a. I, I think Vrabel is is. It feels like he's not a part of this like mad dash to get a, a quarterback right now. I think they're okay with Ryan Tannehill for now. Um, I think you know, potentially if they see something in like a Trey Lance, you know, you could flip a third round pick or something for that. You know, I, I don't think that would be super high risk. Um, you know, you could potentially get a, you know, a, a quality player. Um, that's another thing. We could you know, Trey Lance, what's going to happen to him?
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: but anyways, I don't think the Titans are, are in the mad dash to get a quarterback right now. And I don't think they value a receiver high enough to take him with number 12. So I think, here they see a really good offensive line prospect and Skronsky available it's a boring pick you know not going to be as flashy as taking a jackson smith and Jegba, but i think i think they're going to go with it peter Skronsky, number 11 to the titans
1: well i'll tell you what Gledhill, it might be a boring pick but it probably is the right pick for the titans right like yeah. I, I, just to be sure I, I think that would be the right pick number 12 we got another afc south team right here Gledhill. it is your turn The Houston Texans, of course, they also have number two, and they got number twelve. So number two could be likely that they do trade back because they do have that number twelve pick uh, coming in the later round. So who do you got here? Texans taken. Uh, They could go. They could go some options here as well.
0: Yep. Look, my guess is obviously the Titans sitting at number two to start. I think they they likely trade that pick back. Um, But if if D'Amico falls in love with one of these defensive prospects, they do go defense there. And I think the way they view the quarterbacks is they say, okay, we don't think any one of these guys is special enough to go number two overall. So we're going to go defense or we're going to trade. And we're just going to see, okay, maybe Richardson slips. Maybe Levis slips. Maybe, you know, which is very it's I think it's reasonably likely that one of those two, Levis or Richardson, will be available at number 12. And in this case, that is true. Will Levis is available at number 12. And the Titans, you know, I I think they've they've evaluated all four of the quarterbacks. I think Bryce Young stands head and shoulders above all of them, but Bryce Young, of course, is gonna go number one overall. So they go defense, number two. Richardson goes off the board, who they probably would prefer over Levis. But now it's like, okay, we still think Will Levis can be a top end, you know, player potentially, and you never know. I think Will Levis, you can maybe sit him behind Davis Mills early in the season. Again, D'Amico can be patient. And maybe you get better value by taking a, a receiver here, or you know, Van Ness is, is available and and there's there's other prospects there. But I think D'Amico says, what the heck? Let's try to get our quarterback of the future here. We're gonna bring him in. He's gonna sit behind he's gonna sit behind Mills for a little bit. And he's going to get his opportunity, and, and maybe he turns out to be their guy. So I think Will Levis goes number 12 to the Texans. Let's 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 have him go there.
1: One pick off of me, Gledho. I love it. I love it. This is what this is all about. Uh, so you do have the Texans eventually getting their quarterback. We'll see if he ends up being their franchise guy or not. Uh, and, yeah, okay, so number 12 here. Gladhoe, I have the Texans. You just mentioned his name uh, not too long ago. I have Jackson Smith Najigba going here, number 12, uh, to the Houston Texans. Uh, I feel like, you know, with the uncertainty with John Mechie, I'm glad he's coming back, uh, you know, recovering well after of course getting leukemia. Uh, but they traded a guy like Brandon cooks to the Cowboys. And I really don't like Nico Collins or any of their other receiving core. Uh, so I think they need to get a, they need to get another wide receiver star. And I think Jackson Smith and could be that next guy. And, you know, I see a lot of CD lamb in his game, you know, very patient, a uh, really good prospect coming out of college and, he led the 2021 Ohio State Buck guys in receptions and, and a stack receiving core with guys like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and you know, future first rounder Marvin Harrison Jr., who's gonna be in the draft probably next year. So these are really good guys. I mean, I value Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave very high on my wide receiver rankings. Like I think those those two are probably top 25 receivers. Like they're they're really good they had really good rookie years you know Garrett Wilson was obviously rookie of the year Chris Olave had a really underrated season with the Saints so you know he was beating really good wide receivers you know right away so i think he's going to come in and he's probably going to be a really good receiver first year doesn't matter where he's going to be he's just that type of player so uh he's easily easily the best wide receiver in this draft class i think there's like like it's it's like it's him and then everybody else. Right. I think there's a lot of uncertainty with Quentin Johnson. You know, you got Zay flowers, you know, Jordan Addison, but I I feel like I'm very certain that Najigba Smith is going to be a lot better than those guys. So yeah. What do you think there?
0: No, I, I agree with that. I think Ohio state's wide receiver university. And we saw how Garrett Wilson, you know, how good Garrett Wilson was in year one with the jets. And I mean, I think Jackson Smith and Jigbo is better than that. So, yeah, I think he's injury aside. I, I think he's going to be a top 15 player. Absolutely. He should be the number one receiver picked in this draft. And yeah, I I, I I like that idea. I actually moving on to number 13, the Packers. I think Jackson Smith and Jigbo becomes the new weapon for Jordan Love and Green Bay at number 13 overall. I think it's it works out perfectly for the Packers because they need receiving help. You know, this kind of helps them turn the page. You know, moving forward from Aaron Rodgers, you you, you select you know that top receiver. You're showing Jordan Love, hey, we're going to invest in you. We're going to get you the help you need. Um, I think Jackson Smith and Jig is a great fit for the Packers. He just he just feels like a Packers wide receiver to me. And I again, I think he's the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. So let's let's go let's go Jackson Smith and Jigba number thirteen.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's definitely the favorite the Packers get him, and they could probably get him right here. I think the Texans do need a receiver just as bad as the Packers do. But at the same time, when have the Packers ever drafted a receiver in the first round? Like, I'm just going based off history. And I, you know, I kind of want to spice it up. So I got Jack and Smith in the jig, but I think the favorite is he would go to the Packers at 13. And if he's there at 13, I, I don't see a situation how the Packers don't take him. I mean, I think that would just like I feel like that would be the right pick to do. Uh, but in that case, I have the Packers taking Nolan Smith out of Georgia here. You know, injury concerns here. Uh, but I, I think when healthy, he has some of the best explosions off the line of scrimmage any edge rusher could have in this draft. And he's playing in a, you know, obviously he's coming from a great university in Georgia. Uh, and you know, he's slightly undersized, but I think he can make a significant impact in this Packers defense. And, you know, coming, losing Zadarius Smith, you know, Rashawn Gary coming off a big injury. I think, I think they need to beef up that that defensive line a little bit. So I'm going to take the next available defensive in here and they take Nolan Smith. So number 14, Glenhill, this is my pick. I got Peter Skaronski going here. I think this is where the first offensive tackle goes here. I think he's the best offensive tackle uh, out of Northwestern. And look, Bill Belichick could really go a lot of ways here. I think you can easily go defense here. At this point, you got guys like Joey Porter. You got Brian Branch, Miles Murphy, uh, Kalijah Cansey. You know, you got a lot of things, you know, Deontay Banks. Like, there's a lot of options you can go here on the defensive side, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go defense. But at this point, I think we're getting in the tackles, and I I think, you know, if you really think that Mac Jones is your guy moving forward, you got to give him some more protection, and I think Peter Skaronsky is the best uh, available prospect. So, that's who I got. Who do you got the Patriots taking here?
0: I'm going corner here. Um, Joey Porter from Penn State. Good pick.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. I think after, yeah, after Gonzalez and Witherspoon, I think he's the third best corner in this draft. And I think he's good value for the Patriots here. And why not? I think, I think Belichick, the Patriots are, are just, it, it's interesting. Like the Patriots, the whole last 10 years, they just haven't every off season, They've kind of, you know, just been out of the, out of the news. Everyone knows, okay, they're going to be really good. And you know, Belichick's gonna coach that defense up, McDaniels is gonna coach the offense up. They're gonna win the AFC East because, you know, for a long time the Jets were incompetent, the Dolphins were largely incompetent, the Bills were couldn't figure out the quarterback position until Josh Allen came in. You know, this was a quiet, just a kind of a quiet team. And now this offseason, it's just been really noisy. Um and now it's it's like, okay, the Dolphins are making all these moves, the Bills, you know kind of have the, their long-term answer figured out, you know, I mean, the jets now have Aaron Rodgers. like, they, you know, the division's getting better and the Patriots just haven't really done much this off season. And I don't know. I, I think when any legendary coach leaves an organization, it, it it's going to end a little awkwardly. Um, I don't see Belichick just walking away anytime soon, but I don't know, man. I, if They go like six and eleven this year. Like it, it, there might be, it's going to get noisier, and I don't think, I don't think Bob Kraft likes that. So, uh, anyways, that's a little aside on the Patriots. I think they take Joey Porter here, defensive back. I, I, I just he feels like a Patriot to me. Let's
1: go. Yeah. No, I like it. All right, Glendale, one more pick here at number fifteen, and then we'll go ahead and speed run through all the rest of these uh, picks. But last pick for you, number fifteen, the Jets. You know, of course, them and the Packers just kind of flip in that Aaron Rodgers trade. So Jets still have some good value here. The fact that they were still able to keep a first-round pick, I think, you know, I think that trade was pretty even, honestly. You're looking at all things considered, you know. Jets get their win-now mode type quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, uh, but he's not going to play much longer. Packers get their pick as well and, and you know, some of the other draft capital later on. So uh, I think it was a win-win uh, move for both teams. And that leaves the Jets here at number 15. Who do you got?
0: Yeah, with the fifteenth pick of the New York Jets taking Lucas Van Ness. I think it's good value here. Kind of slipping a little bit. Yeah, I think I mean they had one of the best young defenses in football. I think they could also go O line here. There's a lot of O line prospects. I mean Roderick Jones and and um there's a Tennessee prospect up here. I don't quite remember his name. I don't know, right? Yeah, that's right. Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, obviously, you know, gonna be a late first round pick, most likely. Um yeah, I think they go Van Ness here. You know, can't get enough pass rushers, and again, I think it's good value for the pick.
1: Yep. Okay, I got Paris Johnson here. Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, being the next offensive tackle to go. I think he goes right after Skaronski, uh, and I, I think the the Jets are going to want to get protection for Aaron Rodgers, and of course, with the uncertainty with Makai Becton, you know, you got Elijah Barrett Tucker inside. Uh, I think you need another, and then of course Dwayne Brown. He's an older veteran uh see what they do with him and his contract but uh paris johnson is going to be that next guy moving up forward for them and i think they're going to get some protection for aaron Rodgers here at number 15. all right let's go ahead and speed through these picks real quick and we'll just kind of go we'll just go jab for jab here we go so 16 the commanders i have joey porter jr who do you got yeah the commander's taking broderick jones tackle okay like it 17 pittsburgh steelers i got brian branch out of alabama safety
0: I actually have the same pick as you, Brian Branch. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nice. I think Tomlin goes defense here. Why not? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, he loves those defensive guys. 18, Detroit gets another good value pick right here, and they take Kalijah Kansi, and I think that's a steal. I think this dude's going to be a dog. He's been hyped up, and uh, I- I'm excited to see his development and gets another big defensive body for Dan Campbell.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um like that better than my pick. I haven't taken Darnell right here. Um I think they go they already took a corner. I think they'll go tackle here.
1: All right. Number nineteen, I got Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Tampa Bay needs to get a better offensive line, uh an aging offensive line. And uh, you know, I don't really know what they're gonna do. I, I could see them trading up and trying to get a Will Levis uh, or maybe he falls in their lap. I don't imagine he's gonna fall to nineteen, but who knows? I got the I got the Buccaneers taking a, a tackle here and, and Broderick Jones.
0: Okay. Actually, I, I like that, but I think they'll go defensive back here. i have been taking Deontay Banks.
1: Okay. That's that that's good value right there too, by the way. He, he's he been hyped yep. up. Get out of Maryland. Number 20, Seahawks. I, I think they stay defense here. I already got them getting Will Anderson at number five. I think they stay at the edge rusher here, and they get Miles Murphy out of Clemson.
0: Okay. And this is where I have Klaja Kansi going. So interior pass rusher. Let's go Seahawks. I think it's maybe a good culture fit too.
1: 21. Chargers could go, I mean, they could go a lot of ways here. Uh, I think they could go defensive back, of course, I, at this point for me. Deontay Banks is still on the board. He's still got guys like Emmanuel Forbes, who's been undervalued. value. Uh, but I think they're going to take, I think this is where the second receiver comes off the board. I got Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Small guy, but, uh, you know, been hyped up pretty much to be the number two guy uh, in this class. So I got Chargers taking Zay Flowers.
0: Yeah, I haven't taken Emmanuel Forbes here, uh, SEC top-rated cornerback uh, last year, and yeah, I think it'll be a good fit for them.
1: Yeah, and of course they got uh, guys like Asante Samuel Jr., who's yeah. young developing. They got Derwin James. They got a, they got a, they got a really good defense. So now they just got to get over the hump. Number twenty-two, the Baltimore Ravens. God Hill. I got the third receiver going off the board. I got a back-to-back receiver pick right here. I got the Ravens getting Quentin Johnson. Look, I don't really like him that much as a prospect. Uh, I think there's a lot of receivers better than him. Uh, You know, there was, you know, a couple months ago, they were like, he was going to be the number one guy. And I was like, there's no way this guy gets drafted over to Najigba Smith. Uh, And it looks like teams and scouts have kind of seen through everything and and they're kind of dropping him a little bit. So I have him uh, as a late first round pick. And I feel like he just kind of fits the Ravens like scheme. I feel like this is a tall, big body guy uh, that they need and, of course, I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but I, I feel like Quentin Johnston just kind of fits their scheme. Uh, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, i I have um uh, I have the same pick as you, Quentin Johnston. I think it, it big, really big body. I I just I feel like he'll be able to go over the top of guys. You have Odell Beckham, who you know doesn't quite have the same pop. I think Quentin Quentin Johnson, much younger, obviously. I think I think he'd be a good kind of tandem fit there with Odell. So.
1: Yeah, and they're they're a run first team anyway, so who knows what they're going to go here. They could go defense. Yep. Minnesota Vikings. I got Deontay Banks going here. You mentioned his name out of Maryland earlier. Uh, I think the Vikings go defense. They desperately need it because their defense was atrocious last year. They could not stop anybody, and they need they need to revamp the defense. They get Deontay Banks. Um, and I wouldn't do it, but I have.
0: I'm a little bold here. I have the tight I have the Vikings taking Hendon Hooker, fifth quarterback off the board. Yeah, basically he's he's gonna replace Kirk Cousins one day. Um, maybe relatively soon. Again, I would probably go defense, I agree with you, but let's go bold here. Let's say Vikings take Hendon Hooker.
1: Hendon Hooker could be a late first round pick. I mean, I've even heard rumors about the Vikings trading up and getting Anthony Richardson, right? You should never know what's gonna happen. So they they could very well be looking to get Kirk Cousins replacement, but I don't think it's going to be quite yet on my mock draft. Twenty four Jaguars they could go a lot of ways here. I think I feel like realistic pick would be defense, but I'm going to say that they go offensive guard here. They go Osiris Torrent points out of uh, Florida here. He's the next uh, best available guard here, and uh, they beef up the offensive line. Who do you got?
0: Okay, and I haven't taken the edge from LSU BJ Ojulari.
1: Okay. E.J. Ojolari, I like that. Giants at 25th, you got to get a receiver for Daniel Jones. I mean, there's no way Isaiah Hodgins should be your number one wide receiver. Sterling Shepard's a ticking time bomb of getting hurt. I think they take their their next wide receiver and they get Jordan Addison out of USC. He's the next wide receiver available, and he's the the next best available wide receiver here. So, Jordan Addison.
0: Yeah, this is where I have Zay Flowers going. So, Giants number
1: 25. All right, here we go. Dallas Cowboys, man. I've heard Michael Mayer or Kincaid yeah. at 26. It looks like we're going to go tight end. Uh, we could go guard, you know, we could go offensive line again. I don't think we're going to get a defensive guy. I think, you know, a couple months ago, I really wanted to get a guy like Joey Porter before I knew about all these other cornerbacks, but there's no way Porter or uh, these other guys are going to be there. So it looks like they really like Don Kincaid. So, I, I think he falls to them here at twenty-six and, and cowboys take him.
0: You see, and this is where you know you had Bijan Robinson go into the Eagles at whatever uh, 10. So uh, I think here, I think again all the way to 26, really. He falls to 26. I think I mean that's good value for the pick. At the end of the day, Zeke had a great career with us. Um if he could go back, would you would you change the pick back in 2015? I don't know, it's debatable. I think honestly he gave the, he gave us you know everything you could expect out of you know running back fourth overall. Usually it's not going to work out. I think we're going to go Bijan Robinson. I think you know we could go tight end after losing Dalton Schultz, but I don't know. Let's go. Let's go running back here. Why not?
1: Yeah, dude, if Bijan's at twenty six, I say you take him. But I, I don't see how he's going to be there. Hey, but you never know, man. You never know. 27, the Buffalo Bills, I think you got to go defense here. I think at this point the best available cornerback is Emmanuel Forbes. I think he's very undervalued as a prospect. And like you said, he's a top-rated cornerback out of the SEC this year. Like him at number 27 to the Bills, pairing up with Trey White.
0: Yep, and I have him going, you know, maybe a little wild-card pick. This is where I have Dalton Kincaid going. So let's
1: do it. There you go. Hey, they don't really like uh, Dawson Knox that much. They don't really use him that much. So maybe they can get some value out of Kincaid there. 28, Bengals, I think they get more protection for Joe Burrow. Release Lael Collins, that ended up working out for them. Uh, So you got to get an offensive line that's healthy. And I think the next best available guy, I have him a little bit lower than I think you had him, but I had Darnell right out of Tennessee going here. uh, 28 to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Okay, I like that, but I have him going uh, interior defensive line, Brian Bracey from the uh,
1: Clemson. Okay, like it. 29, I got another edge rusher here. He probably might be a day two guy, but I've been hearing a lot of late first round as well. Uh, At this point, I mean, this is kind of guessing. I got Will McDonald. Iowa State going to the Saints here. They go defensive line. I actually
0: have the same thing as you, Will McDonald.
1: Oh, there we go. Nice nice little guess there. 30, you mentioned his name a second ago. The Eagles have another first round pick. I got Brian Breeze out of Clemson, defensive line. Eagles – you had them – did you have them – who did you have them taking in the first round? I forgot. Did you have Ben Ness or you had somebody? Oh, I had uh, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith. So you had them taking a defensive lineman. They will get it just in the later round, Brian Breeze out of Clemson. Who do you got, the Eagles?
0: Yeah, I'm going Anton Harrison, offensive tackle from OU.
1: Okay. Well, that's my last pick of the first round. But I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Next best available guy in my opinion – Offensive linemen are always valuable, and he's the next best guy. So that's who I got. That's who I have finishing off my mock draft.
0: And I have uh, I have Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Oh, which is interesting. I guess I guess you, you drafted Pacheco last year, so maybe they won't do that. But I don't know why not. No yeah, boy.
1: shoot, I wouldn't surprise me. Look, I've been hearing a lot of cowboys like Jameer Gibbs too. I mean, I yeah, I not. guess
0: yeah. Shoot, Bijan's off the board. Why not? <laughs>
1: yeah. I probably wouldn't pick him 26, but you never know what some of these teams are thinking. Uh, Glad This was fun, man. Had a lot to talk about. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to add before we get this? If not, I mean, we got a, we got a whole first round mock draft going, going into Thursday. We're ready to go. And this draft is just, it's again, it has, it has a little bit of a 2018
0: feel to it. Um, But the weird thing, 2018, we kind of knew, okay, Donald's for sure up there and, baker Mayfield, kind of the hype kind of gained as we got closer to the draft like okay he's gonna go top you know whatever and we found out the day of you know browns are gonna take him but um this draft again you just i mean the top the top 15 is just gonna be a complete cluster just because you just don't know it just everything's gonna it's all quarterback driven at this point and it's just um uh, It's interesting. You know, like, I just, I just feel like, again, I feel like there's a little bit of overvaluing here with some of these quarterbacks, but it's almost might be worth the risk because, I mean, you can, we've seen now Josh Allen, this project coming into the league and with really good coaching, he can become, you know, a great player. The problem is there's not a lot of Brian Dayballs out there and it's very likely that someone who takes Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, you know, they might be disappointed in four years just because it's like, you know, did you have the coaching there to develop him? You know, like was he really that high of a prospect? So it's interesting. I don't know, but you know, and then of course we get into this season and it's going to be the tank for Caleb and Drake May. That's going to be the whole story of the season and it'll be fascinating. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like I mean, I forgot to even mention this when we were first starting talking about Bryce Young. If he goes first overall, which is that's what it's looking like it's going to be, you know, assuming that the Panthers don't go another direction, he will become the 10th QB since 1967 to win the Heisman and go number one overall in the draft. Of course, you had guys like Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow. This would not surprise me. I think that's 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 the pick we're going to be looking for. And those first two picks, like I said earlier in the show, that that's really going to, kind of see how this this uh draft ends up playing out but Glenhill, hill thank you for joining me i'm gonna be traveling on the road this week uh so i'm actually gonna probably miss a little bit of this draft i'll be racing at that time at pin relays but uh definitely gonna get this up as soon as i can and happy draft season i'll, I'll talk to you soon go Yes hill. sir
0: happy draft season
1: yes sir i'll see you man
0: i'll uh, see you